Welcome to the Ghosties Podcast. I'm Christina, a psychic medium. And I'm Missy, a medium in training. We are besties who look for ghosties. Join us as we go on our paranormal investigations, ghost hunting trips, and crossing over earthbound spirits along the way. This is Ghosties. Hello. Welcome back to the Ghosties Podcast. The Ghosties Podcast. We are snacking on pretzels and hummus. Mm-hmm. It's very random and you needed to know that though. <laughs> We're very healthy over here. I know. Aren't we? I know. We are, truly. Especially since I'm not pregnant now. Mm-hmm. You're doing really good. I'm trying. You know, really good. She's cutting her carbs. She's doing all the things. I remember when I was eating frozen pizza like every <laughs> day for months. <laughs> I was like, you're coming over? We're having frozen pizza. I remember. <laughs> and I wanted cheese pizza too. You did. I did. Just frozen cheese pizza. You were loving all the things. That's so weird. I mean, not weird. There's worse things to crave. Mm-hmm. At least what I was, did you crave anything weird when you were pregnant? We've like talked weird. about this. <laughs> Remember my love of mayonnaise on sandwiches and oh. chips? Oh, yeah. I mean, they didn't have to have anything else on that sandwich <laughs> other than mayonnaise and chips and bread, and I was fine. <laughs> that was more so with Jackson than Logan. Mm-hmm. And J- with Jackson, I craved a lot of fruit in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a lot of popsicles with Jackson, too. But I had a summer pregnancy mm-hmm. with him, like... The biggest part of my pregnancy was during the summer. With mm-hmm. Logan, I got pregnant in like May or June, so it was really early. Mm-hmm. Soda, I think. Yes, yeah. remember this one? I had the soda thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted my soda. Mm-hmm. Not, not a big soda drinker. I don't think I've had a soda in yeah. God knows when. Y'all, I think the funniest thing, well, it wasn't the funniest, but one of the, the things that cracked me up so hard, we were on our way to some location to do an investigation. <laughs> Missy's I know pregnant. What you're say. We were pulling up to a light next to a burger king, and Missy goes, oh, I can smell the pa- the quarter pounders from out here. Or and I'm whatever, like, yeah. what? The whoppers. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, the char grilled smell of a burger king. She could smell the Burger King, the inside of the Burger King mm. from inside our car. And I was like, Well, they like what? pump it out of the vent. Drive by this one down here and tell me you don't smell that. I mean, I haven't noticed it in a long time, I will say. But it smelled <laughs> like just a grill and a whopper and just all that. She was delightful like, mayonnaise. Oh, oh my God, it smelled so good. <laughs> Do you smell that? And I was like, Smell what? She was like, I smell Burger King, like the inside. And listen, I wasn't eating fast food because we were mid-pandemic. And again, it was one of those things I just wasn't comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. Mm. It was oh. so funny. It's like Burger King. Well, it smelled delicious. It was like the very definition of superhuman smelling. Mm. Because I smelled zero. That's crazy to me because it was like we were sitting inside the restaurant. I was like, oh. You could see it all over her face. She was I like, was like, my mouth was watering. <laughs> remember oh that was amazing that was what cool. else did i i don't know that i craved much of it i can't remember mm. smoothies at the end of yeah, pregnancy smoothies i think at the end smoothies and shakes mm-hmm. yeah that was about it yeah i don't think there was really anything we had a lot of when i was pregnant that like i really mm-hmm. i mean i wanted margaritas obviously i didn't have them mm-hmm. yeah I remember yeah hmm. that's probably about it 
I didn't have anything crazy. Some people are like, I just have to have a piece of chocolate cake. But the funny thing is with pregnancy, for some reason you want these things and then you eat it. It doesn't even taste as good as you want it to. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that was my next question. Mayonnaise would it, sandwiches. Would it, ugh. <laughs> With a soda. God. <laughs> and chips. Good God. When she told me mayonnaise sandwich, I was like, I don't Ugh. know. Listen, I don't know. I developed a love for mayonnaise after my first pregnancy because I craved it. I would put mayonnaise on like tortillas and put like oh. tortilla chips on it and roll it up. I would put like spring mix or spinach on it for good measure, but I didn't even need it. I could have had a... Like a flour tortilla with mayonnaise on it with crushed up tortilla chips and rolled it up and eaten it. And the crunch and just everything. You put mayonnaise on a flour tortilla? When I was pregnant. Okay. <laughs> Not after. Oh but my now, yeah. gosh. Bread, just fold over a piece of bread with some tortilla chips on it and mayonnaise and I was in heaven. Ugh. I know, it's so weird. Ugh. At least I wasn't eating like soap and dirt like some pregnant women. They start to crave those things. Yeah. Interesting. It's like a... Sorry about Logan. It's like a deficiency. (laughs) I know that if you crave a lot of ice or something, which is not super weird, but that's like iron, and of course the baby's taking your nutrients. But some pregnant women want like cigarette... Whoa. Yoga? Well, I just saw, like, as I saw what looked like almost a light in the hallway, I felt pressure in my right ear. Oh, someone's probably talking to That was insane. We're trying to talk to you. It looks like almost... All right. Let me get this boy. Hello again. And we're back. I don't know what I was talking about, so clearly it wasn't that important. Important? Oh my god. Oh my god. Goodness. My lord. Excuse me. Important. Important. It wasn't very important. Somebody from New York. Matt may be possessing your. (laughs) Somebody uh, must have walked by or something because I got Mm -hmm. a pressure in my ear and saw like a flash in the hallway. I don't know. And Logan was needing my attention, of mm-hmm. course. When does he not? <laughs> when does he not? That's right. So. All right. What are we talking about today? So today we are talking about the Versailles incident. Ooh, Kat mentioned this one, didn't she? Our yes. good friend Kat. Mm-hmm. It's also known as the Moberly Jordan incident. Mm-hmm. So what is that, you ask? So on August the 10th, 1901... Two English academics, Eleanor Jourdain, the daughter of a Derbyshire uh, vicar. Excuse me? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And Annie Moberly, the daughter of a bishop. Mm. They visited Versailles. Um, Neither was familiar with the layout of the immense uh, palace grounds. They left the Grand Trianon. And they decided to walk the long route towards the Petit Trianon. And lost their way for quite a bit. Upon finding the garden, they entered it. Moberly said that she suddenly felt what she later described as an extraordinary depression. Mm. Just suddenly come over her. Um, but she felt as though they were walking in a dream. So you know that like out of body type oh, of feel. Like, right. Mm-hmm. The atmosphere was still eerie and <gasps> oppressive. Like today. Mm-hmm. The surroundings looked unpleasant natural and flat, almost two-dimensional. Um, they said that they saw two men whom they looked, uh, or whom they assumed were gardeners because they were dressed in period costumes of gray-green coats and small tri-cornered hats. Tri-cornered hats. Mm-hmm. Makes me think of, like, the Quaker hats, you know, like the mm-hmm. point in the front and the mm-hmm. two on the sides. Yep. 
Um, they asked the men for directions and were told to continue straight ahead. They saw a bridge as well as a kiosk. Um, and near the kiosk sat a man um, in a slouched hat and cloak. And for some reason, they disliked his appearance, but they were only seeing him from behind. They said that the man turned around and had a curious smile and an odd accent that ran up oh, behind them. Barf. Yeah. Um, and we're back. Spirit has taken over. Goodness. This is the second time today that's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're recording three episodes today, you guys, so mm-hmm. we're making it through. That's right. But yeah. We keep keep trudging through. Mm-hmm. All right, so basically the lady said that they had happened upon... Um, a man who was in a cloak and a slouched hat, but they disliked his appearance. The man gave them a curious smile mm. and gave them further directions to the house. They thought he was one of the gardeners again, um, just like they had encountered at the entrance. However, he disappeared abruptly. They said they turned their back for one second, and when they turned back around to ask him another question, he was gone. Ugh. Bet he was with that curious smile. Ugh. Near the house of the in- English garden, in front of the petite Trianon, Moberly saw a woman wearing a pale green fichu. Excuse me? Mm, I think it's a dress. Sitting on a seat in the grass. Jordane, however, her companion, did not notice her. The attention of both women was drawn uh, by a young man who came out of the door of, the, of a house adjacent to them. Um banging it behind him the door that is he looked oh. amused like the running man um what? that's what it says he looked amused like the running man um they saw the carriageway um also to the house as he came out of the house so they were able to see up into um this house that he just came mm. out of but this guy also was dressed in period clothing they said when the man turned around further he was covered in smallpox. Oh, gross. Uh-huh. Gave them kind of a, a chilling stare. And they, they said that they felt this foreboding like they didn't want to move past him. Oh. Um, but they eventually did. Um, they said that as they got past this man, they recalled that the breeze that had been blowing as they departed the grounds was now non-existent. That the air was absolutely still. Um, they said upon their arrival at the Petit Trianon, Oh, it's pumpkin. Oh, pumpkin. Um, upon their arrival at the Petit Trianon, there was no effects of light or shade. They said that when they first started the journey, they thought that it was almost like a living picture. Um, oh. They were seeing all of these things. And then they said, suddenly, um, I began to feel as if I were walking in my sleep. The heavy dreaminess was oppressive. Oh. Um, they also said uh, that... They described it as a tableau vivant or a living picture, Um, much like Madame Tussauds waxworks. Um, She said, everything suddenly looked unnatural, therefore unpleasant. Even the trees seemed to become flat and lifeless, like woodworked in a tapestry. That's not weird at all. Yeah. There was no light. uh, There was no wind stirring in the trees, no shade. Everything just seemed weird and off. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. So first, when I heard this story, I thought this was a classic, like, case of um, an energy imprint of some sort. Right. For those of you guys who don't know what an energy imprint is, an energy imprint is any sort of event that was traumatic in nature, whether it be large-scale death, like war, or a battle of some sort. Um, whatever the case may be, there's so much energy left in that particular place by the people that have departed that that particular event just plays on a loop 
almost like a, a tape that's being rewound over and over again. Um, so I asked the guys about what exactly this, this event was at Versailles. And the guy said basically, I'm sorry. You okay? I'm sorry. Do you need a minute? Um, keep going. Okay. <clears throat> so I asked the guys about uh, Versailles. And I asked them whether or not it was an energy imprint, and they said no. Okay. They said, in certain circumstances, <laughs> now go with me here. They say in certain circumstances um, with hauntings and ghost sightings in general, they said that we're not actually experiencing a haunting, but we are stepping back into the dimension in which that person and their life existed. Okay. Okay. So I think in some instances with hauntings, we're just piercing the veil and stepping back in time for that brief moment, right? Um, also in this book, there's an account of something that's pretty similar to that. Um, there's someone that says, some years ago, a friend of mine from Aurora, Illinois, told me of a time when he was staying overnight in a haunted house that was his frat house, basically. Um, he said, I was about to write the whole thing off as the dullest night in my life. He said, when I heard a noise in the front hallway, he said, at first I thought that it was some of my frat brothers coming home from a party and that they were trying to scare me. So I stepped away from my sleeping bag in the front room, opened my door to come face to face with a man with a handlebar mustache and a belted smoking jacket about to start up the stairs, oh. holding a pipe. Oh, excuse me, Tom <laughs> He said, the man said that it startled him. Um, he said that he blinked his eyes, the man blinked his eyes like they were trying to clear their vision. And he said, finally, the man kind of looked at him bewildered but he continued up the steps and then walked into the wall upstairs mm. and disappeared, right? So Bill was confident, this guy was confident that he had seen a ghost, right? So the author of this book, Mary Ellen Geely, um, who did many different paranormal uh, investigations, she, she suggested to Bill that he may have briefly stepped into another dimension in time, possibly in the early 1900s, based on how the man was dressed. Um, but when he stepped into this particular dimension, that he encountered the former resident of this home on his way to bed. Yeah. So this guy did some digging to, in support of this type of theory, and he found out um, from the old house plans that the entrance to the master bedroom upstairs was in that particular place where that man walked into the wall. Ew. So it makes you think and makes you wonder how many times where people have had ghost experiences, are they really experiencing a spirit or are they stepping through the veil and experiencing that dimension in time where those people were actually alive and well? That is creepy. Yes. I'm not here for it. So then that makes you wonder, so when that happens, do we become the ghosts to those people? When those people see us and we see them, what do they think we are? Because we don't dress Weird. like them. Right. We look completely different. What do they think that we are? Do they think that we are ghosts? But it's weird because, I mean, do they think our clothing is dated? Well, exactly. That, would, that was what I was thinking too. Like, do they think that of us? Do they think that we're wearing something futuristic, you know, and they don't even ghost, have a way to... I wouldn't think it was futuristic. I would think it was... But to us, they're ghosts. Right. 
but what do they think of us? Right. That's my thing. True. To us, they're ghosts. So the guys have always said too, um, and this is something that I have a hard time wrapping my brain around, but they've always said that time is not a real thing. Right, yeah. That we made up time, that there is no time, time is just an illusion. Yeah. And they always say that everything, including past events, is all still happening in the now. That somewhere on some dimensional plane, that particular time period is still living out in its authenticity, or in its authenticity? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why when people, like, all of a sudden say they wake up and they have completely different lives than what they had when they go to sleep or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's been, like, movies about that <clears throat> stuff, too. Yeah. yeah. I wonder. I don't want... I, I need to stay in this life, <laughs> That's right? right. I need to stay in this life and mm-hmm. not wake up with somebody else with no children, so... Mm-hmm. It's just interesting, because, I mean, I, I legitimately have a hard time wrapping my brain around this, but... The fact that the past, on some level, is still going on is is so crazy to me. Yeah. Like, so that means that people from the past are still alive in some capacity in a different dimension. I mean, we know that because when you die, you cross over. But if... That's too much for me to wrap my brain. I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. All right. So anyway... So, I did some more research on uh, Versailles as well as um, about the gardens of Versailles. Yes. Um, So, apparently, the reports didn't stop just when they had their report. Okay. Um, So, apparently, John Crook, his wife and son, uh, reportedly in July of 1908. Um, So, the the ladies' stories were published in 1911, but they saw them earlier in, in the century. So before their story had actually been published, another person reported um, having an issue in the gardens of Versailles. Um, So they were in the Grand Trianon, which is the same gardens, um, and they said that they had twice seen the sketching lady, a fair-haired lady that was dressed in clothing of another century with a cream-colored skirt, a white bonnet, and a flapping hat. She saw or she sat on a low stool on the grass and appeared to be sketching on a piece of paper, but she paid no attention to them until Crook, who was an artist, tried to see what she was drawing, and then she turned her paper away with a quick flick of the wrist, seemingly annoyed, and walked away. Oh. Crook said later at the time they believed her to be a ghost because the lady seemed to grow out of and vanish into the scenery with a slight quiver of adjustment. So it was almost like all of a sudden she breathed and she reabsorbed into the the scenery, basically. I think that's so crazy. Yeah. The crooks also reported seeing a man and another lady in old-fashioned attire um, and hearing a faint band playing music. The vision seemed to be accompanied by... It was Nickelback. Uh, oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, the visions all seemed to be accompanied by vibrations felt in the air as well. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, although the Crooks' experiences took place three years before uh, the original adventure was published, um, critics were quick to point out that the family had said nothing until reading the book. So, did it trigger something for them? Did they make it up? Right. That's all a possibility. But still other ghostly reports surfaced. In October of 1928, two English women, uh, Claire Burrow and Anne Lambert, visited Versailles. 
and neither had read the adventure. They left the Grand Trianon and walked towards the Petite Trianon. Um, Burrow said that she suddenly felt overwhelmed by an immense depression. She said that they saw two old men dressed in a green and silver uniform and asked them for directions because they said they suddenly felt so turned around that they were lost. Mm. He said that, or she said that he shouted at them in a hurried, hoarse, and un unintelligible French. Mm. He suddenly seemed sinister, and the woman hurried oh, no. on. Yeah. Looking back, they were astonished to see that he had vanished uh, when they finally turned back around Just again. Like that other guy that creeped the Yeah. They also saw men and women dressed in period clothing. Um, when they spied the petite Trianon through the trees, they were relieved. Later, Burr read an adventure, and she said that she also felt like she had experienced a similar situation. In September of 1938, Elizabeth Hatton uh, was walking along through the Grand uh, and Petit Trianon Gardens of Versailles, headed towards uh, Maria Antoinette's village. Suddenly, a man and woman in period peasant dress appeared about six feet in front of her, drawing a wooden trundle cart bearing logs. They passed by silently, but acknowledged them with eye contact. Hmm. Mm -hmm. They said that when they turned to watch them leave, they gradually vanished into thin air. Mm-hmm. On October the 10th, 1949, Jack and Clara Wilkinson took their four-year-old son to Versailles. Um, all three saw a woman in period dress when they were close to the gardens with a parasol standing on the steps of the Grand Trianon. She did not seem ghostly. She made eye contact with them. And then when they finally looked back, she was gone. This all reminds me of Bridesmaids. Mm -hmm. There's a woman on the wing. <laughs> a colonial She's woman. Dressed in traditional colonial garb. What did you say? They're not, they're not telling us butter. everything. There's something they're not telling us. <laughs> um, on May 25th of 1955, a London solicitor and his wife walking through uh, the Versailles Gardens said that they left the Grand Trianon and headed towards the Petit Trianon. The ground seemingly strangely felt empty and deserted. Mm. There had been a thunderstorm and the air seemed heavy and oppressive with humidity. The wife said that she immediately felt depressed before no. entering. Um, then the sun came out and the couple saw coming towards them two men and a woman who were about a hundred yards off. They were dressed in period clothing. The woman wore a long full dress of brilliant yellow while the men wore black breeches. 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 Yeah, it must have been breeches, but she said breeches. Um, black shoes, silver buckles, black hats, and knee-high uh, hose. <laughs> um, the husband and wife conversed as they walked, made eye contact with those as they passed, and as they turned around to check on them again, they were gone. Of course they were. Mm-hmm. So they looked into all of this, and the closest that they could find was that somehow or another they're... Ooh! ringing in my left ear. Mm. Somehow or another, I think there's probably a weak spot in the veil close to there. Okay. Um, that makes walking into these other dimensions much easier. Oh, thank you. Um, it's very interesting, too, because I asked the guys... Um, I'd be afraid I'd get stuck in there. Yeah. I asked the guys, what are some telltale hints that you've just stepped into a different dimension? Because oh, wow. they said this happens a lot for many of us on a day-to-day -day basis. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Buckle up. Um, but they said that obviously you'll have a more profound experience depending on how far you get into that dimension 
and how aware you are of your surroundings, basically. They said that everybody walks into a different dimension on a day-to-day -day basis, and the way that you would be able to tell this on a small scale is by noticing small, oh gosh, Missy's giving me like this. My eyes are so <laughs> wide eye. Like they said that it's very easy because the dimensions all exist I don't again get stuck. and within. You're not gonna get stuck. How do you know? You're not gonna get stuck. This isn't the Bermuda Triangle. Is it? <laughs> but they said that um, on a small scale, if you've ever been out on your usual walk and you notice a tree that you've never noticed before. Oh, wow. That's how you can tell. They said a lot of times when you go back, you won't notice that same tree again. You'll be like, wait a second. I've never noticed this tree before. And then you go back and it's gone. You hear a knocking That's at that tree? <laughs> Are there eyes on that tree? Yeah, I know. Right? All things that have happened to me in the past week. Sorry. <laughs> so they said, here's some telltale hints that you can uh, use to tell whether or not you've stepped into a different dimension. They said, everyone in the scene other than yourself is going to be dressed in long, outdated clothing. So, that's your first giveaway. Well. <laughs> they said, sounds will sound distorted in terms of pitch. So, where... <laughs> looking is just looking. He's <laughs> interested in what you're talking about. They said, sounds will sound distorted in pitch. So, while it may be really, really high in one place, the sounds may be extremely low in baritone in another. I don't like that. I don't like um, any part of this. They said you will feel an immediate, uneasy, and uncomfortable feeling. Oh, every day of my life. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> they said that um, it'll just be a feeling like you don't belong in that particular area. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, they said uh, you may experience a random feeling of depression leading up to going wherever you're going. But when I say a random <laughs> feeling of depression... When you don't experience depression on a regular basis. Christina's like, if you don't stop agreeing with everything gosh. I say, Missy, get it together. Good night. <laughs> Just trying to get through this. Holy crap. Um, for somebody that doesn't want to experience any of these things, she sure has experienced all of them. Oh. Good night. Okay. Um, they said that the scenery around you will start to look not three-dimensional. It'll suddenly start to look like it's flat almost or like cardboard. Mm. Which goes back to our story when they said everything looked like it was a living picture until it didn't. It right. looked like it was flat, wooden. Weird. They also said that you'll have a sense of foreboding. Like this internal feeling like you got to get out and leave immediately. Also, the scenery of the area may look slightly different than what you remember. So if it's somewhere that you've been for forever and then suddenly it looks different, you know, obviously that's not a telltale sign that you're in a different dimension. But if you go back after the fact and that thing that you saw that surprised you before isn't there again, then you've experienced it. You know where we experienced that at? Uh, Old House Woods. Yep. On mm -hmm. the beach. Yeah. The things we couldn't find. The path. Oh my gosh. That was the weirdest Remember? part. If y'all haven't listened to Old House of Woods, we were on this beach. Mm -hmm. And um, we walked down. I mean, there was no separate route to come back. The beach was not very wide. Mm -hmm. um, and coming back, it was like we were pretty much walking in water and rocks. Or weird 
uh, it wasn't the same as when we walked down that it beach. It was. I'm just saying. It was so weird. We were like, did we come this way? But there was no other way we could have come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We would have remembered walking in water and rocks or, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Yep. So that's, so that's the Versailles incident, guys. Um, and apparently it still goes on today. There's still reports as late as the 80s. No, um, thank you. That there was something going on there. Won't be going there. So my my own personal opinion, just based off what the guys have said, is that they had stepped into a different dimension of time. And that's why they've experienced that. Mm. Very interesting. Yep. <laughs> sure is. Keep it right there. All right, guys. Well, this was our episode today. Find us on social media. Where do you find us, Christina? Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest. Link link tree. (laughs) (laughs) YouTube. YouTube. Gmail. Yep. At the ghosties podcast at gmail.com. Yep. And send us ideas of what you want us to talk about. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, let us know. Until we can do some more explorations, which hopefully Mm -hmm. will be coming soon. Mm Mm-hmm. Hopefully. All right. Bye. Bye.